think that's funny? If I don't open this portal in two minutes, the whole world's going to collapse. You just knocked over one of the most ancient vases on planet Earth. If I don't restore this, two dimensions are going to collide into each other. Oh, it's no problem. Just Grigaru's going to destroy the whole interdimensional galaxy before we have time to escape through the portal. <laughs> Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. This is The Drop, because it's Friday, April 22nd. Happy Earth Day to everybody. I'm J.E. Skeets. Alongside me here in the yard, we got Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? We got our international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lily, mm. and uh, last, certainly not least here, super producer J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. No Trey Kirby, of course. He's back in Chicago eating popcorn, getting ready for tonight's <laughs> Bucks Bulls game three. Uh, so yeah, no TK here today, but that's okay. We'll hold down the fort. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. If you're new, hey, welcome. Like the video, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, share the show. That's big, and comment away here in the stream team. And below the video, email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Check out yesterday's No Buffs episode. That's our Survivor podcast. Special guest Tass Mellis rolling through with his takes on the season. It was a blast. Uh, We discussed whether Jeff Probst is a good negotiator. We got into that. (laughs) Uh, The return of the knowledge is power advantage. That's back. Drea's turning into Thanos. And our favorite childhood foods. Lily, do you have a favorite childhood food? And is it peanut butter and jelly? That's the question. Uh, no, cereal, I guess. I, I, I was oh, a big cereal. Oh, that was Tass's answer. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, and that's, a, as I said off the top of the show with the magic spoon, not an ad. Back into the cereal a little bit as an adult. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you have one particular uh, brand when you were a kid? Um, yes, they were called Honey Smacks in Australia. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what are they maybe, called? Maybe Honey Crisps in Canada. Sugar Crisps in yeah. Canada. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, Sugar I think they may have been something different down here. Sugar Smacks. I recall them being something that just screams sugar. They're just like, <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. sugar. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. go check out that Survivor podcast because we got into that. Um, new shirt alert. New shirt alert. New shirt alert. Got to say it three times because we got three <coughs> classics now available over at nodunks.com. We're showing them to you here on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, go check out nodunks.com for the new tees. If you're a fan of the basketball Jones or the starters days, you're going to really like these ones. Uh, and nice little deal for at least a week from our friends at Breaking Tea. If you want to get all three of these, again, the TBJ sort of throwback, the starter throwback, and the old shoelaces throwback from also back in the Jones days, you can get all three of them for the price of two. And you got to use that code NODUNKS3. That's if you want all three. You can buy them separately. So uh, go enjoy those t-shirts. Grab yourself one. You have a favorite there, uh, JD, of the three new ones? God, they're all bangers, to be mm-hmm. honest. But I love the tricolor, no dunks, ink, the yep. old Basketball Jones logo. I've always loved that logo. But honestly, they're all great. All yeah. of them. Uh, what about you, Lily? What do you think? I'm probably the same as JD there with the uh, the old style one, but it's 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 just weird looking at the no dunks with the starters lo- uh, you know <laughs> style there. Just weird. I don't know what it is. I mean, the others are also just throwbacks, but that one just looks a little bit different than the others. So, but they're all great. I'll be getting them. I'll be wearing them, and uh, yeah, happy to have okay. them. 
All right. Well, <laughs> go to nodunks.com if you want to get any of our No Dunks merch, uh, T-shirts and hoodies and shorts and mugs and all that good stuff. The boys uh, have been around so long, they got throwback shirts. It's crazy. <laughs> we... There are people asking about other throwbacks that they want to see too. Remember the old mic that Thody oh, yeah. helped us uh, create? That's yeah. uh, that one's very popular. That's a that's very difficult to find that T-shirt. Uh, cool. There's not many of those made. So if you have the old basketball Jones, like the mic where the sort of head of the mic is a basketball, whew, wow, good for you. But uh, maybe down the line we'll see how these sell. And again, use that No Dunks three discount code if you want to get all three for the price of two. All right. Well, it's the drop here. We got a rapid fire fun. I got a top five for you guys later on. Tassie got tweet of the night. Uh, we got some news, but we start with the games. And we had some crazy games again last night. And I think we'll begin with the Grizzlies coming back from 26 down to beat the Wolves in game three. They take the 2-1 series lead. Uh, lead what an insane game. Uh, Memphis just ripping off. What was it? A 50 to 16 run in 15 minutes? Yeah. My God. So I guess the question, Lee, epic comeback or monumental meltdown? Which one, (laughs) where do you lean in that? Well, I think you have to give the Grizzlies their flowers because they came back from more than 20 points down twice in the same game, which doesn't really happen all that often. And they've regained control of the series when, honestly, in that first half, it looked like, wow, Minnesota is going to lead this series and have a real chance to upset. But instead, it's back now on serve because... They were down 26 points, Memphis, in the first half before cutting the lead to seven at halftime. The Wolves then got it back out to 25 at one point in the third. And, and and usually you're like, okay, they're just things are going their way tonight. You know, not yeah. necessarily with their superstar, who I'll get to in a minute. But otherwise, it just sort of felt like the Grizzlies just didn't have it. They couldn't hit shots. But then it turned in a matter of moments because at the end of the third and into the fourth, there's so many different ways of looking at this run. One of them was a 21-0 run here by Memphis to get them to tie the game and then turn that into the nine-point win. And there are so many little things you can point at in that. First, I'm going to go again with Memphis. Desmond Bain, Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark, I thought were all key during that run. Bain had seven threes for the game. Clark had a monster 20 points and eight rebounds off the bench for the game. And Tyus Jones only had 11 points and four assists in total, but he had really a a huge impact in that fourth quarter. He had the six points and two assists. And this all complemented a triple-double from Jar Morant. Not a huge triple-double, but the first Grizzlies triple-double in the playoffs, apparently. And then at the start of the game, Coach Taylor Jenkins made the lineup change by bringing Kyle Anderson in for Stephen Adams. And Stephen Adams didn't play a minute in this game. We wondered if he was going to, you know, have a quick leash or anything, but instead Taylor Jenkins just said no. And Chris Haynes reporting was like, Stephen Adams didn't love it, but he was a good soldier, a good teammate. In the end, it worked. But on the other side of all this is a complete catastrophe for Minnesota. I mean, because it went so quickly from looking like a comfortable series victory or a comfortable uh, game victory and a series lead to a meltdown that honestly might have lasting effects because this was a complete failure by Minnesota on so many levels. Chris Finch, the coach, didn't call a timeout during that 21-0 run. Now, we've seen like Phil Jackson in the past and Popovich. Sometimes when the team's playing badly, they sort of have this mentality, let the guys play through it. And I understand that for 10 points, maybe 12 points. But at some point, you've got to say, okay, hang on a minute. I I think I am going to have to intervene here. And he just didn't do that. Minnesota Timberwolves scored 12 points in two quarters last night, in the second and the fourth. That's almost impossible in today's NBA, almost. You know, (laughs) to do it one quarter, okay, shake it off. But to do it twice, and especially in the fourth quarter when the other team is just surging, is unforgivable. But the biggest story of this one is Carl Anthony Towns. 
He took four shots. Four shots in this game. He scored eight points and a big problem. And once again, we've seen from him, foul trouble. He didn't foul out in this one, but it didn't really matter because he was so bad. And his fouls, honestly, were stupid. They were bad fouls. They were Dwight Howard levels, like just insane sort of like throwing his arms around and getting called for bad fouls. And then what made it even worse, and this is why I think it may have lasting effects this game. After the game, Carl Anthony Towns, I think it was the second question he was asked was like, uh, hey, why did you only have four shots? He next questioned the reporter. He didn't own it at all. He didn't say anything. He instead just said, don't ask me that, which is just, that's not taking accountability or leadership. So I think he didn't take leadership on the court. I didn't think he took leadership after the game. He kind of like played it off and said, oh yeah, I'm just going to go and have some wine. I'll be fine. And I think that's why if you're the Wolves, you're looking and going, is this guy really going to be able to sort of steer us now back out of this hole we've dug ourselves into now? I don't think so. And and, and there's a pattern here because game one of this series, he was really good in Memphis yeah. last Saturday. Great. But if you go back to the playing game and then these last two games, foul trouble and just bad performances by him, it's like that's becoming more of a trend, a worrying trend here. Uh, for the Timberwolves. So Memphis deserves a ton of credit. I thought defensively, actually, Towns was okay. I'll give him credit there. But, I mean, a 26-point lead, and you let that go, then you get it back out to 25 points. If if Carl Anthony, if they win this game by 23 points and Carl Anthony Towns has four shots, you're like, well, they survived. You know, they didn't, they didn't need him. But yeah. when your team is conceding a disastrous run like that, and we've talked about this before, Skeets, I know, Towns have got to just say, right, give me the ball. Give me, yeah. we're, we're yeah. living you got to stop the bleeding. You yeah. got to, you have to score, get to the line. Yeah, you got to snap it. And I he mean, did, 100%. He didn't do that. And then he's complaining about the fouls. I know Dane Moore had a tweet saying, you know, that was bullshit. Write that down. They're not bullshit fouls. They're dumb fouls. And you continue yeah, to make them. So this is uh, this is a disaster for uh, for Minnesota, and very hard to see a team now that's that's blown this sort of one um, zero lead they had in the series. How they're going to turn around and, and go on to win it? Yeah, I'm convinced. Tass, the only thing worse for a superstar than shooting, say, you know, one for twenty in a playoff game, two for twenty, whatever, whatever Starks line you want to throw on it, is only shooting four times. I think. It's way worse to most people uh, because to not even sort of attempt to stop the bleeding, like Leah's saying, is uh, is brutal. I mean, he had more fouls than shots. It's pretty insane. He he, he hit three shots. This is the other part. <laughs> um, but just sort of a, a disappearing act from him here. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's an omen for a bad omen for him for sure and for the team it, it, he does tend to fade away and it's not just a trend from the play-in tournament it's a trend from all season where uh, this Wolves team gives up big leads uh, we mentioned it going into the Clippers play-in game that it was worrisome because the Clippers were a really good comeback team mm. and the Wolves all season amongst the league leaders in giving up double-digit leads and losing the game outright and so Towns yeah eight five four turnovers uh, only four shots was surprising to a lot of people, especially in the playoffs where, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he took himself out of the offensive end um, at times by just not demanding the ball. He said, you know, post game, I'm not going in there and, and going after offensive rebounds. So that helps me not commit offensive fouls, but you just have to, you have to shoot more. I mean, you really do have to stop the bleeding. It's surprised even, Blazers center Yusuf Nurkic chimed in. He was watching, and, and he said, "Cat attempt four shoots." <laughs> he wrote, "He wrote four shoots on Twitter." <laughs> okay. I love that. And then, and I see everybody in the stream team asking, 
uh, and commenting about the Carl Anthony Towns clip. It was in the second quarter. It was a sound up uh, where, you know, it was an, uh, uh, he was mic'd up and he was talking to a teammate. This is the second quarter, remember? Yeah. Uh, let's have a listen, J.D. Yeah, we in Minnesota now. Like I said after the media, all right, cool. We got to come back to our house now. I only seen him at our, their house. <laughs> and again, this is a trend for the whole season where they give up double-digit leads. I mean, it looked like uh, a sensational start. You had Patrick Beverly in the first couple of minutes doing the he's too small to about John Morant, and then he put it off the board to himself. Then he Patrick dunked. Beverly. Yeah, and he dunked. <laughs> he, had, he, had, he was having an incredible yeah. first few minutes. Uh, they scored on their first 21 of 26 possessions, and then they scored on two of their next 20 possessions. So it, really, it, it, it shouldn't be shocking. Uh, I agree with Lee that twice in the same game, essentially 25-point lead, that's, that is shocking. But this team doesn't have that, that mental fortitude. Now, I don't know if uh, – I, I wouldn't say the series is over. Uh, but uh, the, the fact that uh, Towns, yeah, didn't demand the ball. I, he did have five big blocks on the defensive mm-hmm. end. He, he was getting after it on that side. But the Wolves have found something here, which they didn't have in game one. They've got Brandon Clark as a really athletic big to play Towns – that big bouncy Canadian was doing a, a lot of key things. You know, the the effort things that win you basketball games. I'm sure we'll get to it in, in the other games. But, you know, he, he drew a key late foul um, to keep a Memphis possession alive. Like those types of things. And he didn't start this game. He started the second half of this game over Kyle Anderson, who had come in for Steven Adams. Uh, but now it feels like Taylor he'll, Jenkins has found his stare. He's going to start, start the next four, game. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Steven Adams just won't play anymore. And this bodes well for the, the future of this team. Old Steven, you're out of there. Young Brandon Clark is in there. Actually, Steven Adams is their highest paid player this season. Hmm. That, that's how great... Uh, things look in Memphis for the future. But, yeah, and then the Tyus Jones thing, I know you're a big Tyus Jones fan, Skeets. The, the two-point guard lineup with him and John Morant, it helped because sometimes uh, this Memphis team is just jaw kind of hanging out, getting into the lane, but no one really penetrating otherwise. But with Tyus Jones in there, uh, that, that was totally different. They were able to get in the lane, and, you know, this Memphis team – they're on the same page. Morant in the post-game press conference with Tyus Jones beside him, who is a Minnesota native. He was saying, point God, it's his hood. You know, they, they, they're into it uh, with each other. While, you know, the Wolves, uh, yeah, they, it shouldn't be surprising that they give up these leads, but to see it in the playoff game after game after game, Towns not doing it, it is a little surprising that he would just say, give me the effing ball. Uh, and I agree with Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, he had only four, four shoots. shoots. Yeah. Oh, that's weird, man. Weird stuff. Uh, again, this is a massive comeback, and to do it basically twice. Like, the first half, okay. As Trey says, first half leads are basically fake. But, uh, yeah, to do it again when they got down in the third quarter is huge. Biggest playoff comeback in Grizzlies history. Tied for the biggest comeback in Grizzlies team history, regular or postseason. And it was tied lead for the fourth biggest comeback in playoff history mm. with the 0-2 Celtics and the... Uh, 17 calves is what I saw there. So, um, yeah, wild. And, and you're right about John Morant. This, the, the, nuts, the nuts part about it is it wasn't John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., even mm. Dylan Brooks. Like, it wasn't those guys having this out-of-body experience and like, oh, my God, 45, the guy couldn't miss. It was Bane with the threes. Tyus Jones, like, giving him a little spark, like Tass said. Brandon Clark with the 20-8, and eight, a lot of those offensive rebounds. Uh, the depth really came through. 
even to the point where Jenkins is like uh, picking and choosing which center he's going to go with here. I mean, mm. it's Adams and it's Anderson and it's Clark. I mean, Tillman is getting opportunities in this series too. Jaron Jackson Jr. can obviously play the five. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, this team that won all these games in the regular season, a lot of it because of their depth. Well, at times in the postseason, we say that doesn't matter as much, right? You get to your seven tight rotation, maybe eight. Well, you know, we're starting to see here with some of these teams, having guys 10, 11 that can actually play and contribute uh, is huge. Uh, it wasn't this one, at least in getting back to this. And then yeah. they take command of the series now. And uh, Taylor Jenkins sort of after the game himself was kind of like, yeah, I don't know really how we did it. We just kind of just chipped away, chipped away. And then all of a sudden it was like down to a, a one or two possessions. We got the offensive rebound. They hit a three, which turned it into basically a four-point play, a reverse four-point play there. And they just didn't find that pushback from Minnesota. I think that's what it was. But the fact is, you know, with Taylor Jenkins as well, he takes out Stephen Adams, a veteran, puts him to the bench. Adams doesn't like it. And then you see who, how they win this game with bench players. So they are all on the same page. I think that does show i mean we're going to get to the jazz here soon i think it's the opposite on that team you know because they sort of like they don't appear to to uh, like each other or trust each other whereas the grizzlies are like we just want to win again Ja Morant didn't have a huge huge game he gets the triple double but he's not the story of this game i don't think i think it is more the fact that those guys just came out and balled and were ready and uh everyone played because yeah jaron jackson and Ja Morant between them you know, this is a game that, that's not going to be all that memorable. So everyone else stepped up for them. And Brandon Clark, I mean, he is just so active when he comes off the bench there. You know, bouncy. He, You know, he's got that beautiful little floater in the lane there. And uh, he's just active. And the Wolves just don't seem to have anyone similar to that. So this is a, this is a crazy one. I mean, talk about a pivotal game three that the Wolves may look back on and think, this is where we lost the series. You know, it might, it might come down to that because now they've got to regroup and get ready on a Saturday night, you know, tomorrow night for game four. It's basically their season on the line. If they lose this, they're done. But uh, mm-hmm. they've shown enough, you know, in game one, and then for, what, 35 minutes of game three here, that they can, you know, they can outplay Memphis. But in the yeah. crucial tight moments, they absolutely just completely melt. Uh, anything else to add, Tass, to the uh, insane comeback here from Memphis? Well, just to say that it's the first triple-double in Grizzlies postseason franchise history for John Morant, and he commented after the game uh, on Twitter, whoa, surprising. You know, the Grizzlies have been around a long time, as long as the Toronto Raptors, but not a lot of great postseason success, unfortunately. Just not not in there. This could have been maybe Sharif Abdur-Rahim's little mark. He, He could have done it a long time ago, but... It's unfortunate, you know, that the Grizzlies didn't do it in Vancouver. But anyways, Vancouver's loss is Memphis's gain. Yes. Is the uh, is the Lakers' twenty nine point comeback against the Sonics in that list uh, you had there from eighty nine game four? I don't I don't have the actual list in mm, front of me okay. uh, lately, but you you have an incredible memory, so I would trust you that you're right there. Uh, yeah, that is right. Game four. Second well, what's round. the what's the biggest Lee off the top of your head? Come on. Well, I think it's a, a Celtics like uh, thirty one points or something like that. But no, it was no, 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 Grizzlies. No. It's the Nick Young, yeah, exactly. That was only twenty seven though. Oh, it's the thirty one though. But Tass is right. Maybe I'm mixing up games here. It's a thirty one point comeback. The Clippers Grizzlies, I think, is uh, Tass is right. Is I that think right? it was only twenty seven though. I'm... What? What? I don't know. This show is old. I'm, I'm gonna look. So yeah. are our brands. Yeah, the the Nick Young game. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was only 27 that game. Well, let's find out. Let's yeah. find out. Oh, you're right. 27. Yeah. Well, no. what's the biggest one? Why are we saying 31? Where's that one? I don't know. 
Oh. No, the, the Lakers was 29 was the biggest in the playoffs <laughs> that I knew of, but uh, there might be like a Celtics from the 60s or 70s or something like that where they came back more. Mm. Well, now I need to know. Mm. Biggest comeback in NBA playoff history. Tell me, internet, because I need to know. I the, need to know. Here's the problem, though. You put that in right now, all you're getting, oh, it's the Clippers overcoming a 31-point deficit on the road to defeat the Warriors. Oh, that was, there, uh, there, yeah. There you go. Was 2019, the, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that's right. Ha! Good. Oh, that six game, that was the, yeah. the Patrick Beverly, Kevin Durant series. Yeah, yeah I believe so. Mm. I believe so. 31 points. Wow. Yeah, did, yeah uh, didn't uh, Lou Williams have 50 off the bench? Is uh, that? Oh, boy. Stop asking me 50? fucking questions about things I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I think Holy. it was. Uh, you are right, though. The Lakers coming back on the Sonics uh, in the 89 Western Conference semifinals. Game four, they were down 29. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. You had that one on VHS, right? Oh, I sure do. I still have it somewhere at home. Great game. Uh, the, Cl- the Clippers one was uh, Lou Williams going nuts with uh, 36 there. Uh, oh, 36. The that's all I can. Yeah. Okay. Next game. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a tangent there. But we're learning things. Uh, Jalen Brunson and the Mavericks beat the Jazz 126 to 118. They take the 2 1 series lead. No Luca Tassett doesn't matter. You got Brunson, you got Dinwiddie, and you can bury Utah Jazz. It's uh, it might be over. I don't know. Maybe oh, you, maybe over. you disagree. Is it over? Nah, yeah. it's over. And so is this iteration of the Jazz. It has to be. The Mavs are up two one without Luca, as you said. The consensus was obviously they need Luca to win this series. Well, they haven't. I know Jalen Brunson has been great. He had thirty one again. But here's the secret: the Jazz don't try as hard as the Dallas Mavericks. That's what it is. Because when Brunson went out of this game, 438 left in the second quarter, took a bit of a cheap shot from Royce O'Neal in the lower back. It was a 12-point lead for the Mavs at that point. You'd think, okay, Jalen Brunson, now the best player in the series thus far is off the floor. Maybe the Jazz can make up a bit of a deficit. Uh Uh-uh, it stretched from 12 to 17. They were booed off the floor in their home arena. Uh, And this is how I know they don't try as hard because the effort level was far different in the third quarter, especially on the defensive end. Donovan Mitchell is far too athletic to be blown by over and over and over again. And then you see sometimes when he wants to play defense and he can get in front of guys and he is able to do that. So really they are absolutely on different pages right here. Uh, People talking about the small ball lineups and maybe that is the the answer. Uh Uh-uh. I mean, this team, you know, sort of like the Wolves giving up leads. I mean, this is it's it's a different stat, but you know, there's something like five and twenty-four this season when they got down double digits. They get down and they stay down, and it's the worst mark of any team playing basketball right now because they are not together. uh, And this series is over, and I think Donovan Mitchell is done in Utah because it, it just. It feels like they're playing several different games. Like when Mitchell went to the bench, Mike Conley kept feeding Rudy Gobert. Uh, you know, he, he, he used him as a weapon. Uh, while Donovan Mitchell, as, as we've said over and over and over again, he's not on the same page with Rudy Gobert. And I'm showing you one clip in the stream team where Donovan Mitchell got both feet in the lane and Rudy Gobert's waiting for a dunk. And Donovan Mitchell's too good at a basketball player to not see Rudy Gobert there for a drop-off. Obviously, that should be a drop-off. And, and I bring that up because, I mean, they don't want to play the same basketball. And, and Donovan Mitchell, sometimes he tries and sometimes he doesn't. And it feels like, uh, even though he's getting his numbers in this series, he's got he's averaging 32, which is crazy. Uh, and they can get game four. He's not 
trying that hard on the defensive end. They don't want to try together. I mean, at one point, there was this, that Spencer Dinwiddie cram on Rudy Gobert in the fourth quarter, and I thought, do the Jazz only have four defenders on the floor? I had to watch it like four times. How can a guy in you know a few minutes left in a playoff game get into the paint so freaking easily? Mm-hmm. It was a, a, a huge... I literally had to watch it four times. I thought maybe there was four guys on the floor. Uh, and this was all in front of Dwayne Wade. You try that poorly or you, you don't put that kind of effort in front of minority owner Dwayne Wade I mean that was that was surprising to me and I, and I think going up you know in the food shade into the front office I, I think uh, the GM Justin Zanuck and Danny Andrew they brought in they've got to trade Donovan Mitchell or I mean he doesn't want to be there it, it feels like it, it just doesn't feel like they want to play together again you know look at the numbers break down the small lineup it, it doesn't matter you're at home in a must-win game and you didn't try for a lot of it it, it, that's what it comes down to. They, so, so it has to fall on the leader for me. Uh, why their locker room is so fractured and so splintered? Uh, he, I think he wants a bigger market. It sure feels that way, and it sure feels like he's going to get it this off season. And that guy at California Pizza Kitchen that was in my ear saying the Hawks got to go get Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> I think he was right. I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell's going to be moved. Uh, people blame Rudy Gobert and all that, but they're just not on the same page. And it looks so different when Conley was playing with Rudy Gobert. And again, Don Mitchell can go win game four because he's that good, and he's averaging 32 in this series, but uh, they ain't together whatsoever. Uh, Lee, lots to talk about with this one. Um, I thought it was very nice of the Utah Jazz to actually roll out the red carpet for the Dallas Mavericks uh, three-point shooters in the corners. I don't know if you saw it. There was two carpets of red strips <laughs> that just went right. to both corners. And right. just, uh, you know, that's just welcoming. You know, the nice people of uh, Salt Lake City there. It was unreal. Yeah. Now, a bit of that is Rudy and their defensive game plan and everybody just getting blown by on the perimeter. There are so... Go back and watch this game. There are so many practice three-pointers from the corner for NBA players. They can hit like 90% of them in their sleep when there's nobody around them. And that's what Dallas did there, I, I thought at least. That was a huge part of this game. Yeah, I mean, Davis Bertans ending that second quarter there with just two from Josh Green. I mean, this is why I don't understand how the Jazz aren't 3-0 up in this series. Look at the players who are out there just killing Utah right now. You know, because Brunson as well, He you know, he came back from the injury, but it's like he wasn't good. Dwight Powell's in foul trouble. So Josh Green struggled in the, in the game the other day, but he he comes out there, hits three threes, has 12 points and six assists. And, you know, Maxi Kleber again off the bench. He only had seven oh. shots, five were threes that he attempted. And he made four of them. Like, everyone is just absolutely destroying the Jazz, which is incredible because this is a team that we think of always as just such a lock defensively. And then offensively, that ball just flings around and gets open looks or they take it inside. But then also adding to the Rudy and Donovan beef there, after the game, Donovan was asked about, you know, the defense. He said, yeah, I picked up when Pascal came in the game, when Rudy was on the... He didn't say Rudy, but he said when Pascal came in the game, which is when Rudy was subbed out. I mean, that's just crazy. But Donovan Mitchell, he can't blame anyone else for his own sloppy, lazy defense. He's just getting torched. And the people are saying, like, he's become a bad defender. I don't think it's that. I think he's just, like, lazy. That's the problem with him. He's just letting guys just walk past him. Spencer Dinwiddie looks like Jordan out there, the way that he's just, like, he can do whatever he wants. And, look, they're hitting some bombs. There's no doubt about that. But they're doing that because they feel so confident. They don't get that defensive pressure from from Utah. This this is just crazy to me that if you look at the Jazz, the way this series is shaping up right now and given the fact that Devin Booker is out for the Suns there's a you know there's a chance 
you can have home court advantage against the number eight Pelicans in the second round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the things could break your way if you're the Jazz, and you can fall into the conference finals here. Instead, they may get beaten by a team that is missing its best player. And right now, if you're the Mavs, you're like, well, there's no need to rush him back at all for game four. No. The series is not on the line here. Um, they're playing well without him. Luke is very engaged on the bench there, you know, supporting and cheering on his teammates. Buy an extra couple of days here if you can. Uh, and there's a chance, you I mean, there's a good chance you're going back to Dallas 3-1 up anyway. Uh, this is a complete disaster. I think whatever happens with Mitchell and Gobert, Snyder, definitely gone. There's no way you can keep him on because he's, he's also, like, got to take some blame here. But the Jazz just look like a team that doesn't want to be there, and that's just crazy to me that, you know, they have all the things that teams like, the continuity, the star players, the defense, the offense, a very strong home court advantage, and instead their fans were booing vociferously last night there after Bertans knocked down a couple of threes. You're going to get a Bertans game every now and again. But it's sort of like, wow, what a like a, a perfect storm of events to happen when the Mavs just needed someone else to come out and fire away, and he did. How many did he have? He finished with four, I think. Oh. Yeah, he did. He went four for seven. Again, it's not the fact he's hitting threes. These are wide open threes. Exactly. Josh Green with the hammer pass to him. It's like, like, that's beating the uh, the Jazz? Crazy. I know. I know. I would love to see this. If you think Quinn Snyder is out of this team anyway, like he'll be coaching somewhere else, maybe the Lakers, who knows? He's not going to be coaching in Utah. It does feel that way. Uh, At the start of game four, Tass, Bring uh, Mitchell out to center court. Bring Rudy out to center court. Get Snyder out there. Give him a mic and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to flip a coin or maybe play paper, rock, scissors. One of you is going to be playing tonight and the other is not at all. You're not even going to see the court. And uh, you know, maybe let the fans decide. Hey, let the, maybe a little, do a little fan vote there in the arena. Just, I would love if Snyder just decided, all right, well, let's figure some shit out here. Who is it? And just completely either sit Mitchell's ass for the entire game or sit go Bears' ass for the entire game and actually go small. I would love it. Of course, that's not going to happen, but uh, <laughs> this is there's a bit of a – of course, there's an issue here with these two guys and just the, the effort uh, and uh, just the, the lack of uh, cohesiveness. Cohesive, help me out that word, with that word. Cohesiveness. What? Cohesiveness. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, Bo- yeah, that's what I want to see. Uh, no, so, no, yes, no. yes. Okay, no. I feel better. Thank you, Lee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I don't, know, I don't know what Donovan here. Mitchell likes less. Does he like Rudy less or Utah less? Like, there's something, you know, maybe it's the, the, the rumors that are getting to me that he wants a bigger market than Utah because he has been... You know, played good soldier in Utah, but yeah, he's done. Um, he's done. Yeah, he's he's just done. I mean, he, there there are times, yeah, he gets blown by and all that, and, and for sure. But then there are times where he, he can stay in front of guys. He's just not. He's not when trying he wants to. That's I, the thing. Enough when of he, the time. When yeah. he wants to, he can. But there are times where, again, Dinwiddie's just like a little bump. Boom, he's in the lane. Brunson the same. And he's like, he's not tracking back. He's not desperate to try to prevent the basket. He's like, oh, I got beaten bad. Like Rudy's fault. Or Rudy, Rudy yeah. can save me, and you know it's just crazy. Uh, this is yeah. this is one of the most bizarre sort of endings to a team I think I can I can remember because they should be going the other way. The Jazz should be right now one of the most experienced, toughest playoff teams. They should have learned from their playoff yeah. failures. Instead, they're uh, they're they're coming apart at the seams. 
Um, yeah, well, let's hear from everybody in the stream team. Do you think it's over for Utah? I mean, we're saying it like their season's done already. They're down 2-1. <laughs> I mean, do they have any fight, any pride? I mean, does Snyder get super creative? Does he Does he bench, you know, go bare? Do they lean into, like, trying to play small ball and stop giving up so many corner threes? It's possible, I guess. Uh, but I'm with you on the idea of, like, no rush on Luka. Um, I'm sure, uh, Tass, do you have a thought on that? Do you, If he's good to go, do you get him in there and, like, really try and uh, put your foot on the throat of the Jazz? Or do you say, wow, man, okay, give him more days rest here and see if you can grab another one with the way Brunson and Dinwiddie's playing, Kleber hitting threes, Finney Smith in the corner, all these guys contributing. The ball is moving with the Dallas Mavericks, that's for sure. It's, it's you know, a different style than when Luke is obviously dominating the ball. Do you just, like, sit him for game four, regardless if he could go? Yeah, if it's a sort of a questionable scenario where he could go, but it would be better if we keep him out, I would keep him out. You know, I, I would err on the side of caution, I yeah. guess is what I'm saying with Luca, because, yeah, they're, they just know the extra pass is going to get them the open shot. And I brought up that, that 4.30 uh, period there, 4 minutes and 30 seconds period at the end of the second quarter where uh, um, Jalen Brunson was off the floor. And the ja- Jason Kidd has coached them well enough uh, to say, Pass the ball enough, and you'll get those open corner threes that you guys are talking about. And they were just so wide open. So yeah. if if you have a if you have a higher effort level like they do right now with Dorian Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock supporting, you know Spencer Dinwiddie and Cleveland and and all the big guys, then uh, yeah, you, I think you can do that to death. You can put you know use that to put your foot on the throat of the opponent. And I think that can be enough, like because. The Jazz aren't all together, and uh, it sucks for those Utah fans. I love the Red Rock court, but my God, um, they're freaking booing vociferously like, because they were, yeah, the shots were so open. It just wasn't an effort. There was no effort uh, on the defensive end. And I, and I know we're kind of just, you know, skimming over what the, the Mavs were able to do. And, and Brunson obviously coming back from that injury, he, he's ha- had some back issues there. Again, 31 in this game, but. Um, yeah, it's it's hard not to talk about the Jazz because this is you know kind of the the end. I know they're only down two one, oh, but it's the end. It's man. the end. It's the end. It's the end. Regardless if they even make this a series, at least right, they should be dominating the Dallas Mavericks without Luca, and they're like getting clowned here at times. I mean, they gave up 126 points mm. on their own court without Luca playing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nuts. Uh, we'll see see what type of fight they have them for game four let's take our first break when we come back we'll get into the Warriors going up on the Nuggets uh, close game though Denver putting up a fight there got some news lots more here on the Drop Podcast we'll be right back I gotta get something off my chest nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response that's why I'm a big emoji responder love a hang loose hand or a salute but man it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back ouch We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's betterhelp.com slash no dunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I got to cut out a bit. I got to switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation? Perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. All right, back here with No Dunks on a Friday. It's the drop. We got one more game to talk about last night. And it was the Warriors taking the 3-0 series lead on the Nuggets. Close game, but Curry, Poole, Thompson, they lead the Dubs to the 118-113 victory. This whole Poole thing is getting insane to me, (laughs) what he is doing. I'm not sure we're even talking about it enough, but he has now scored 30, 29, and 27 last night uh, in his first three playoff games of his career. He's just like automatically a Splash Brother now. It's Super Splash Bros., uh, which I really enjoy. And he had one of the plays of the game because a beautiful rebound from Wiggins, but it gets kicked to the corner. Poole could have taken the three. Instead, he attacks the rim. Beautiful acrobatic finish uh, inside there. And just his his quickness and athleticism, uh, you know, it's that nice little jolt there for this Warriors team that's a, a little on the older side, Lee. But, you know, you pair it with Curry still coming off the bench, Clay doing Clay things, and then Draymond's defense. Uh, and Wiggins doing the little things, hitting the corner threes and getting those boards. I, I just can't believe it that this guy was like a G League guy. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I'll, I'll be shocked when he doesn't score 25 in a playoff game. I, it's it's really insane to me. Um, but, yeah, it, they, just, this team is like – I think Kerr said – his word was they're reinvigorated. Yes. Today's all about big words here on Nodex. <laughs> and uh, that was a good one. And that, and I think Poole's a big part of that. And they obviously appear to be the Warriors of old, like the championship Warriors. Yeah. And this is the fa- funny thing because when we made our predictions, I was like, I don't really know which way this series is going to go because Clay Thompson finished the regular season well, but it was kind of like, not sure how you know intense those games were. Draymond Green at times didn't look his best. Steph Curry was coming in with an injury concern. It was like, can Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins like, you know, step up for this team? And not not so much Wiggins, but Jordan Poole has been the, you know, the best player on the Warriors, which is incredible. And Steph Curry, I mean, talking about teams that are on the same page, this is a two-time MVP, three-time champ, and, and the first game back, Steve Kerr's like, let's bring you off the bench. He, Steve, Steph Curry could have easily said to Steve Kerr before game one, but certainly before game two and three, I'm starting, okay? I don't care who's out. I'm in. And Steve <laughs> Kerr would have had to be like, yeah, okay, you're yeah. in. And then he could figure it out. But instead, Steph Curry is actually being about it and not just saying, yeah, I want to do whatever it takes to win. So he's coming off the bench 
and still completely just, you know, looking incredible out there. So the Nuggets played a better game. I thought Aaron Gordon was good in this game. Jokic, of course, had a monster game. But the Warriors are just too good and everything is coming together for them at the right time. We saw them at times this season, especially when guys were out of the lineups. So like, I'm not sure they can sort of get it all together and win the championship. But the way they're playing now, it's like, man, things are just going perfectly. They're likely to get, you know, probably a couple of days break before they face likely the Memphis Grizzlies in the second round. They'll be on the road, of course, for that one. But right now, they just look like the best team because that ball is moving around. Everyone's knocking down shots. Clay Thompson looks fantastic, I think, out there. And everyone's contributing. And that play you talk about with Jordan Poole where he took that layup and he contorted his body inside, that to me showed great maturity because he was wide open for a three. He could have taken it, but instead he was like, no, I'm going to go inside and try to get the uh, you know higher percentage look. And it was, you know, one, that sort of got a bit of a lucky sort of fall in there. But the fact that he didn't just jack up that corner three, I think, was uh, showed growth. And that's something that earlier in the season was a bit of a problem for him that he was firing away. Instead, he's shown uh, incredible growth and maturity throughout this season. So, yeah, this one's tough. I mean, I feel bad for the Nuggets. I'd like to see them not get swept. I'd like to see them somehow extend this series to six games if they can. But it's just so hard because Jokic is doing so much and it feels like everyone else has kind of just like found money for the Nuggets. They don't really have that other guy that you think is absolutely going to be able to step up and and torch the Warriors. Uh, They just can't do it. So things are going really well here for Golden State. Uh, yeah, Jokic gave a go of it last night. I mean, 37-18, only five assists. We keep talking about that. Uh, that's the game plan from the Warriors, of course, like take away everybody else. Uh, but 14-22 shooting. I think he had I think he had that layup, right? Like with a couple minutes to go, uh, Jokic did. And then mm-hmm. that's when the Warriors went on a, you know the, the 9-2 run, I believe it was, to end this game and, and steal it. I mean, Denver, <laughs> I'm not sure they can play much better is the thing than what we saw there in that Game 3 effort. They knew their season's on the line. They knew this is the series, the Game 3. We go down 3-0. We're not coming back to win this. Um, but uh, even, even still, Warriors pull it up. And this was the first challenge for that new lineup at the end of a game yeah. for the Golden State Warriors because the first two games weren't close. So to see... Jordan Poole, along with Curry, Thompson, and Green. And initially, it was Andre Iguodala, mm-hmm. a, a, a throwback to the death lineup, but way back when to the, the first championship and the, and the first three uh, when he was there. Uh, but uh, he doesn't want to shoot. It's funny watching Andre Iguodala out there because he's like, he, he literally is the guy in the Y, just like handling, just dribble handoff, dribble handoff. Here, you shoot, you shoot. So he didn't want to shoot, and uh, the Nuggets were able to get a stop. So... Steve Kerr pulled Iguodala, threw Andrew Wiggins in, and it worked out so well. Andrew Wiggins, as really, he's the new Harrison Barnes. Uh, he is a guy you just got to get a stop. He can help get a stop. He's that good defensively, and he can hit uh, a key shot. And, uh, you know, the, the Warriors team kept saying after the game uh, about Wiggins' big three that he hit from the corner there with a couple minutes yep. left that that was the biggest shot of the game he only had nine points but they kept saying it was the biggest shot of the game and I think they're you know pumping him up because they know he's probably the fifth guy in this lineup to really make it work and he got an extra possession uh with that offensive rebound uh as well that those those were two really big plays in the last few minutes and they need that jolt of athleticism it's totally true alongside Curry Thompson and Green and that's why I kind of like Kitty Pool 
and the gang as a nickname because it's, it's, it's about the kids, man. It's about that athleticism. Now, it's obviously, it's wordy. And I do like, uh, you know, something just with like the Super Splash Bros. Also good, also fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, pool to see him as disciplined as he is. I think that's the biggest thing. He's the starter uh, on this team and he's taken 13, 16, and 13 shot attempts when he's that scorching hot. Um, that just shows, you know, how well he's been coached this season, how well he's been, uh, you know, it's drilled into him that you don't got to shoot every time. And that's the, to the benefit of the team. So yeah. uh, he finished the job there. Yeah, that, uh, it was a, a wicked little flip shot uh, because I think he was going to go for the the reverse layup, but then he was bumped. So he was kind of stopped short and he just had to flip it in with no backboard. And yeah, it, it, his athleticism is just awesome to watch because even when he's like dribbles behind his back, he's, his arms are like way out. So it's like, it, it just looks a little different. It's just, you see some long ass levers, some long arms and his uh, athleticism is very, very apparent. So it's cool. And Wiggins, yeah, people make fun of him as the, you know, the, the all-star that's not an all-star on this team, but if he can be your fourth or fifth best player, like Harrison Barnes was, uh, you know, sub him out for a good dollar, then obviously you feel great. And I thought he made a mistake actually when he, before he hit that three, there was uh, a lob to him. I thought he could have dunked it, but he ran to the corner and instead he got the ball back because uh, he didn't take that shot underneath the rim. And maybe it's a better percentage shot because he's 42 of 87 from that corner, from that left corner. <laughs> That's where he bangs home shots from. He's almost 50% thanks to uh, Anthony Slater for that set. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It's almost as uh, good as a percentage as a layup from that corner. So if he can be motivated to get offensive rebounds and to play D, uh, this was a good test for, for the Warriors, and they were able able to pull one out on the road. There was some flashbacks of the good Warriors teams, and that's – you know, if they're going to go far, this Nuggets team is, is not the competition they should face in the second or third round, If you know, especially if Phoenix is healthy and, and, and the Grizzlies, et cetera. Uh, but a uh, good test, and, and they passed it. Yeah. Oh, we just lost Lee there. Oh, okay, his internet went quick. out. Or he accidentally took himself out of the stream. Was that? Yeah, I've uh, been there. I've been no, there. That was, that slippery was fingers. That was a slippery human fingers. error. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say Bet MGM. I just saw has the Warriors as the favorites to win the Crazy. title. Yeah, you know, which yeah, uh, you know, part of that probably the Booker injury to Phoenix and and them being in a one-one series and just the Warriors again looking like the Warriors of old here as they as they dominate uh, the Denver Nuggets, who are yeah they're lacking firepower of course, but um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure right now if it matters at all. This is going to be the thing. People are going to be like, well, they're playing Denver, so like, how crazy good are they? Well. They look damn good. Draymond Green with that huge steal mm. too, Lee. Uh, he had a classic green line, six points, 10 assists, five boards, but that clutch steal late in the fourth quarter just picked a pocket of Jokic. Are you um, are you dreading the Jokic like blowback here? Like if they get swept, if he goes on to win, you know, second consecutive MVP, uh, he'll be the first MVP to ever be swept there in the first round. Like, what do you think? Nah, not really. I mean, people will say whatever they want. It's not his fault. Jokic has been a, bo- a monster, a monster, a beast monster. Um, but he just doesn't have, you know, he just doesn't have that, that sort of second person. I, I would love to see Jamal Murray, especially in this series. I think he could really, uh, obviously, you know, impact that, that, that series. And, um, you know, Michael Porter Jr.'s shooting and scoring ability as well. I think Murray is the big one, though, because he's been such a great playoff performer. He was down there in the bubble. He was awesome. So... They're just shorthanded. And uh, as I said, you, you, you know, there were a few questions hanging over the Warriors coming into this series about their own health. And instead, it looks like maybe they were all just like uh, 
you know, tricking us and just not being honest. And everyone was actually really good behind the scenes. They were just waiting for the playoffs to execute because uh, Jordan Poole, though, anything he throws at the hoop these days is like just going through clean as anything. I mean, he's just on fire. So, uh, but Clay Thompson, I think as well, his his return to form is very, very impactful because he's yeah. you just can't leave him alone either now. And uh, not that you could, but he just, he didn't seem to have that same flow uh, in the regular season until, until towards the end there. But, you know, six for 13 from downtown, that's basically all he did last night. Didn't really contribute anywhere else as far as rebounds and assists, but he finishes with 26 points on 18 shots. So, the the the, war, the Nuggets just can't keep up. They just don't have enough weapons to uh, counter this. When does the NBA give Jokic his MVP? Yeah, Ooh. yeah, they probably want to do know? it pretty quickly. They, <laughs> I, I don't think they're gonna do in it in front of the home fans. Yeah, I don't think so. My well, gut says, uh, yeah. my gut says this is a wait until the series is over and give it to him, and then he can go back and be with his horses. Yeah, I think yeah. that's uh, the the pattern of things here. But uh, maybe not. Maybe yeah. we'll find out here in the weekend. It's tough. I mean, Dirk obviously had it in 07 where they got the huge upset to the We Believe yeah. Warriors, but they didn't get swept. But, uh, yeah, tough, tough for Jokic. Did Dirk get it on the court? No, I don't, no, I don't think so. But, uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was just after the series because they were down, I think, early in that series too. Yeah. But it was, it was more just great. like, yeah, because like, they won 67 a... games, I think it was that year. It was like, oh, my God, this is a disaster. Yeah, but they didn't have a good regular season record against the no. Warriors that no, year, No, they right? didn't. Didn't they lose three, I think? They so. did. They lost three or four, yeah. Yeah. I think this would be a good business decision by the NBA to give it to them yeah. post. Post. Post-series, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I only I remember so the photos of Dirk in a, you know, a press room getting it, not yeah. on the court. Yeah, I think that that's would, right. I think that would be... Uh, Good move, NBA. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, got some news here. This sucks. Bummer news. Uh, two updates. I'll throw them both at you, Tass. Uh, Bucks, Chris Middleton. He's going to miss the remainder of the series versus the Bulls. You can lock that in. It's, he's going to be reevaluated, I guess, in a couple of weeks here uh, because of the uh, sprained MCL in his left knee, which happened in game two. And then... Devin Booker with the Suns, they're saying reports, I guess. Brian Windhorst, I believe, the one that was all over this. It's a grade one hamstring strain. Um, so if it's that severe, he's going to miss a, a decent amount of time here for the Suns as well. So this sucks. These are two obviously important players to teams that have championship aspirations. Uh, what do you think? I think they both can rally, specifically the Bucks and uh, Trey's Bulls as, as he watches tonight. With no Chris Middleton, more Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton for, for sure in the starting lineup. But really it's on Drew Holiday. I, I feel like he is the guy who can create from the perimeter. And he is a guy that when called upon, he produces. And I think now he's going to be called upon. Now, now he's kind of a reader of the defense type guy and now without the creation of Chris Middleton uh, he's going to have to do a lot of reading he's going to be at the library he's going to have to create and he said uh, yesterday uh, he said um, about the Bulls specifically he said I wouldn't really say they have rim protection like that no offense to them Vucevic is my guy but I'm not worried about Vuce at the rim I forgot that they played one year together in Philadelphia way back when And, and I think Drew Holiday just has to be able to get to the rim now. I mean, he has to be a creator. He has to, it's, it falls on him. It's not going to fall on, on, on Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton. And I think Drew can do that uh, as, as uh, that article there, as he, that quote from The Athletic states. Like, he can get to the rim, and I think he will do a lot of that. And they were able to rally around Giannis's injury last year. So, yeah, a couple situations here where 
I, I think um, both teams have the Jokic horses to do it. And I forgot that Jokic rode horses. Oh, he loves horses, uh, yeah. That's strange. Anyway, they have the horses to do it. And, and uh, I think not only should Drew do it offensively, uh, but I think he's gonna. We're gonna see more of him on Demar Derozan as a stopper type guy. I think they're sort of waiting that out. Uh, and I know Giannis has been on him, and he's incredible. But now, Drew, physical Drew against Demar is what we're gonna see. I think starting tonight, you know, to, to really get into him. Giannis plays him differently, giving him space and giving him, you know, showing him the length after uh, Demar puts it up. But Drew's gonna be physical with Demar, and he had a really good game against them earlier this season. And I think we're going to see that tonight. So I have faith in, in both the Suns uh, and the Bucks uh, because they've got so much talent. And uh, Drew Holiday's got to show how good he is. I think you will. He's been bad first two games, Drew yep. Holiday. That's the, that's the scary part here. 6-16 uh, from the floor, 15 points, had four turnovers to only six assists in game one. And then he turned the ball over six times in game two. Uh, to just six assists and was uh, once again six of 16 uh, from the floor for just 15. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, though, Tass, because it's like, be it Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, even Bobby Portis, those guys are not <laughs> – those guys can shoot, they can score, but they are not creating by any means. Like, that's what Middleton does. I think it's forgotten. It's like, you can give Middleton the ball and he can get a shot. It, you know, he doesn't need somebody setting him up. Guy averaged 20 five and five really good numbers not a lot of guys in the league do that i think it's like 15 or 16 guys put up the type of numbers he does so drew holiday has to be special not easy if uh, the bulls say all right caruso you're on him lock him up um could be a hell of a matchup here in game three that trey will be taking in uh in person there but what do you think lee about either of these the middleton update here the booker update well i think both of these series were probably ones I certainly looked at it and thought, nah, probably a sweep for the for the for the favourite. Uh, but now, given the injuries and just before the injury as well, there, uh, of course, the Milton, the Bulls played. Milwaukee pretty well in game one as well. This was not like uh, one yeah. of those situations where that turned the game. Chicago's played, probably outplayed Milwaukee for both games in totality so far. And uh, now it's fascinating tonight because the thing is about what DeRozan did going up against Giannis, that's like if, if he's doing that to Giannis, then who is really going to be able to slow DeRozan down if he gets into that same groove here in game three? So I'm I'm fascinated now by it. I mean, I do also still think the Bucks get out of it because Giannis sort of has to put his you know, an even more impactful stamp on the game inside, which I think he's capable of doing. But you just wonder who is that guy who's going to step up for the Bucks and uh, get give them the little bit of a push because they've got guys who can do it. But Drew Holiday is such a uh, a big important factor for them on both ends. We've seen it before in the past. You know, he was obviously fantastic in the playoffs last year especially against the Phoenix Suns. So we know he can do it. And we expect him to sort of shake it off whatever he's been going yeah. through in these first two games. So you expect that the Bucks are like, okay, tonight's the night. We're going to lock in and be as focused as we can without Middleton. But they still should have enough. And then for the Suns and the Pelicans, I mean, the Pelicans are playing, considering where their season started to where they are right now, Things have just turned completely full circle. They, they look like a competent team. They've got offensive weapons. CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram seem to be playing really well together, you know, understanding, okay, one of us can go and get ours at uh, any time we want, and it's working. So they're going to feel confident as well because they led when Booker went out of game two. And so, you know, tonight at home, they've got nothing to lose. They're playing with house money, just the fact they're even in the playoffs here. They could mm-hmm. really push Phoenix, and I hope so. I hope we get a six or seven game series. I think it would just be great for the league and great for the Pelicans. And, uh, I mean, who knows what could happen. 
Yeah, Cam Johnson will get the start there uh, for Phoenix, and he was good in his starts this year. You know, he got some opportunities there. He came off the bench a lot and was, uh, you know, even in the running for sort of sixth man there, getting some consideration at least. Tyler Hero going to run away with the award. But, uh, yeah, he can knock down three, and he's a great player to ask. So, but I also agree with Lee. The Pelicans are, are playing loose. Ingram's locked in. I've never seen Ingram play at this level right now for, like, this sort of stretch that he's doing here. And you've got McCollum as a, as a shot maker too. These are going to be battles, I think, for the Bucks and Suns without their like some of their star guys here in uh, Middleton and, and uh, Booker. These are going to be. I'm I'm I'll go and say these are going to be long series. I don't see the still favorites taking the next three. I just don't. I, I think uh, if anything, it's a six or seven game series in both of these. Yeah, it sucks obviously for these two fan bases, but yeah. good for the rest of us because it feels like we have a long series coming. The Suns can pick up their effort level; they can't be beat down court again like they were. Uh, you know, the, the Jackson Hayes dunk stands out to me. Where Booker was injured, it happened a couple times. Yeah. Their effort level can pick up; they can get a little nastier. The Bucks can get a little nastier too. Giannis hasn't been himself. Drew hasn't been himself, and it could have been a lot worse. I think for both these injuries, you know, Booker should be coming back Middleton you know a grade one hamstring pull could have been a grade two or grade three and you know some mixed reports there I know you mentioned the sort of the ESPN one there Skeets yeah uh Shams reporting he's only up for games three and four and then we'll see uh but you know if you count them both out for the rest of the series it makes both series pretty even but at the same time I I do still think especially coming off a loss good teams coming off a loss the Bucks and the Sun should bounce back we will see. Okay, let's take our final break, but lots still to come on the drop because we got Tweet of the Night, got a little top five fun for you, and rapid fire, so don't go anywhere. All right, back with No Dunks here. Do you think Saks would uh, work with No Dunks to create uh, our own line of underwear, Lee? You think that's a possibility? Should we Why not? call up yeah. Mr. Saks? Yeah. What would, what would you put on yours? <laughs> Banana. There you go. I mean, I was teeing you up. I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> Just a tiny little banana coming out of the uh, the ballpark pouch. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. All right, all right, all right. Two-parter. First a photo, and then we're going to get a video. First, we go to the Utah Jazz's Vivint Arena. They are playing on the uh, Red Rock Court where the floor is different shades of red and orange. It's a pretty court. And they got their fans to do the same. The team handed out orange to one section, light red to another, dark red to another section. I like this tweet from the Athletics' Tim Cato. Quote, there are thousands of Taco Bell hot sauce packets <laughs> cheering for the Jazz tonight. Oh. You know the different shades of sauce packets. Boom. Good one. All right. There's your photo. Here comes your video. It's a video of former NBA guard Elliot Perry, who bleeds Memphis. This is him watching the Grizzlies game from his house. Watch and listen. Roll it, Jitty. We good? You good? You good? Oh, no! No, you did! Gotta do it, baby! Gotta do it! The beautiful lady in the world! Times two! Memphis, 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 Memphis! Nothing but Memphis! Everywhere we go! Nothing but Memphis! The beautiful lady in the world! Fuck! <laughs> Back 
guy was jacked, as he said. Memphis, 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 Memphis. Nothing but Memphis everywhere we go. He is from Memphis, uh, born there, uh, went to high school there, went to school there, and then played there for a brief moment at the end of his career. Everybody will remember him, if you do remember him in the NBA, with, for the socks, mm. the high socks that he wore uh, in the 90s. Uh, also, I looked this up. He was 150 pounds. Oh, yeah. Is that freaking yeah, possible? Yeah, he, he was super, super skinny. His playing weight was 150 pounds How at tall six was he? foot six. Uh, wow, I didn't realize he was that tall. That's mm. very light. I mean, yeah, maybe he was 5'11 or whatever, but still, <laughs> I, I don't think Muggsy Bogues played at 150 pounds. I mean, no, maybe he did, no, but, but that's 150. I mean, that's, that's Skeet's weight right there. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, so basically. shocking. Uh, also, he's standing like Skeets. You notice that? Yeah, you yeah. Stand. That's what you do. Good you got to put your effort in. Get your team that W. I'll be standing in game four for our wraps. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's a great clip. I hadn't seen that. It was making the rounds, I assume, on the uh, social media channels. Yeah, enough, you know, yeah, in the Memphis one. circles again. You know, there's, uh, there's still, even in basketball Twitter, there's still some stuff that's Still got to dig for. It wasn't a. Well, it didn't get it everywhere, but yeah, it was good to see. Good to see him wearing his socks again. Actually, he wasn't, but I think I assume he was. <laughs> you know, Lee, can under, you name? Underneath. Can you name all the teams Elliot Perry played for? New Jersey. <laughs> he did. Yes. Golden State. No. Philadelphia. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> PH, PH. I almost thought it was uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. Mm. And he played for a lot of teams. I'll, yeah. I'll just give them to you because you don't. Know. Yeah. Uh, that's Clippers. He had uh, uh, you know a brief stint with the Hornets, Charlotte, uh, Suns, Bucks, Nets. You said Magic. He had uh, six games played back to Phoenix, and then yeah, like Tass said, he ended. He ended his career with Memphis, but he played two games. So uh, not a whole lot of. If I'm looking at that right, mm. uh, crazy. Crazy. He oh, also Perry. played for, for for the lacrosse catbirds of the CBA. Hmm. Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Had a team called the Catbirds. Wait, how tall did you say he was? I thought you said 6'6". Six, six. He was 6 feet. Yeah. No, 6. six yeah, six, oh, okay. okay. I, I said 6. I probably said 6. 6. No, mm. oh, I was like, wow, that is really light for 6'6". Six, six. But for 6, okay. 150, yeah. he's a skinny guy. Still, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there are 11 games on this weekend. Once, uh, you know, you count the three games on tonight, Lee, Friday night, and then you got four on Saturday again, four on Sunday. It's a lot of basketball. You don't need to watch them all. You only need to watch these five. JD, hit the music. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Yeah, top five biggest games this weekend. And I want you to know, I put about three seconds worth of effort into this, okay? So, uh... Have at it in the stream team. Um, I'm starting with, at number five, must-watch games this weekend from the 11 in total. Suns-Pelicans, game four on Sunday nightly, okay? <laughs> Take tonight off, all right, if you want to. Uh, I think that game four is, of course, it's going to be it's going to be huge for whatever team is trailing in that series. Be it the Suns, if the Pelicans can ride, you know, the home crowd there, no Booker, and take a 2-1 lead as the 8 seed over the 1, well then, man, Phoenix would have to win. Uh, or, of course, season sort of on the line there for New Orleans if they're down 2-1. Mm-hmm. So I go to that late game on Sunday, uh, uh, game 4 between Suns-Pelicans. Okay, at number 4, 
Heat Hawks, mm. game three tonight. Kaka, Lee, Tass, are you guys coming down to the arena or what's going on? <sighs> I think I'm out. I've got a school function. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know, I know, I know. This could be the last Hawks game of the season, man. Well, they'll have well, uh, Sunday night, though, won't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. true. Good point. <laughs> yeah. But I know you're not going to that. Uh, um, well, yeah, if they win tonight, I'll probably go down for game four. But uh, Ooh. yeah, I think I'm out. I think I'm out. Okay. Tass, you coming down? Well, actually, no, on my top five list, the Hawks game four is number one. Oh, so okay, I'm you're going to go inside. No, I'm, I'm going to take a break tonight, Skeets. Yeah. I'm going to take a break. That's smart, man. You gotta, you enjoy it. Okay, I'll be down there. Uh, my buddy Grish, your buddy Grish, our buddy Grish, uh, we're definitely going to game three tonight. And, and, and like, if the Hawks are going to make this a series, of course they have to win tonight. And uh, they've been great at home. What's a, there's something like 20-3 and three in their last, like, 23 games there at the uh, State Farm down at the Fortress. So it should be, should be a fun one. All right, number three, Grizzlies-Wolves, game four. It's on Saturday night. We just saw the epic meltdown, the incredible comeback. How does Minnesota respond, uh, you know, after that <laughs> brutal loss? What's Carl Anthony Towns do? Um, you know, do they uh, purposely not take a big lead in this one because they just give it up? Lots of questions. Huge game in that series, which people still think could go very long. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Grizz Wolves, that's number three. At number two, this one's for our guy TK. Tonight in Chicago. Game three, Bucks, Bulls. Trey and the boys will be there. Um, and it's a series that's won one, Lee. So, woo, pivotal. I think I think Trey said it was a pivotal game three, maybe just because he's mm-hmm. there. But big, big stuff mm-hmm. here. And uh, we'll see if DeRozan uh, is still frozen. Is Gus Johnson going to be on the Ooh, call I again? So. Is he going to be cold-blooded so. yeah. again? I'm not sure. Uh, and then the number one game, you don't need to overthink this, right? Celtics-Nets. Yeah. Celtics have the 2-0 lead. We're going to Brooklyn, though. They, they have to win this if this is going to be a series, and they're going to move on as the seventh seed here. That's on Saturday night. Gets the uh, That's like a 7.30 slot there, Tass, I think. Uh, so you take tonight off. I know you'll be watching that one because that's going to be a big game. And there are reports that Ben Simmons was playing on Monday. <laughs> I mean, Steve Nash doesn't know, or he doesn't want to say, but uh, yeah. that's, what, that's what the people plugged in, your Woj's and your Shams are basically saying. He's playing on Monday. Ben Simmons crazy yeah I, I don't get it i don't get it at all <laughs> why is he not playing tonight exactly I, I or know. tomorrow night i guess like that's well, the that's, weirder part to me like two we, days he's got a couple more days for his back give me a fucking break yeah i, I don't, I don't get it and is he gonna play if they're down three hey, great question great question i don't know but what a wild weekend mm. of course listen every game is pivotal it feels like if you can call you can call any game but if you can call one one pivotal any freaking game is pivotal, so, right? I would say every quarter, every every minute, every possession. Every possession. Respect. Every, it's yeah. 100% true. So you got to stand during these games. So there it is. Uh, my top five biggest games this weekend. Suns-Pelicans game four. Heat-Hawks game three tonight. Ka-ka! Down at the Fortress. Grizzlies-Wolves game four there on Saturday night. Bucks-Bulls tonight. TK in the building, game three, and then Celtics Nets, game three on Saturday night. And TK is in the stream team as well. Oh, what's up, TK? Uh, Too low, too low. Just imagine. Oh, I had it at number two, I guess, yeah. Yes. Just imagine the Bulls would have pulled off the douchebag sweep. That would be just remarkable considering, you know, Trey created the douchebag name there for it and for the Bulls to do it against the Bucks. I mean, it's... You know, it's in play. I mean, it probably won't happen. Can you stop with the in play? Like, oh my God, come on. That's not happening. No, I know, but it would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it be hilarious? Did did it wasn't Trey um, going to get a tattoo? By the way, if the Bulls win that series, 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. With, I think the uh, the eye emojis and the you know yeah, the red circle, right? right? Yeah. Is that what we decided on? I yeah. Think. Okay. He should get uh, douchebag sweet tattooed on him too to really own that he made that <laughs> phrase. Because I don't think he did he make that he phrase. He made up the douchebag sweep. Yes, for sure. Oh, uh, oh so we didn't make the gentleman sweep is the one that's the contentious yes. one yes. on Twitter. Yeah. You get into it, you'll get a Matt Moore, you'll get a talk hoops flying from one side Grady of the Gordian, ring to the I other. Think, uh, <laughs> oh, great and Gordian, yes. You will lay the smack if down. Yeah. yeah, that that's a battle. So yeah. <laughs> Tonight. Tonight's a big night. Tonight big, is big a big night. night. Big weekend, of course. Uh, and maybe we'll have some uh, weekend shifts for you guys mm. uh, on YouTube. So keep your eyes peeled for some of those little bonus shows that we do on YouTube. Uh, might run back a couple episodes this weekend. Subscribe to No Dunks. Hit the little bell button so you know when we're going live because it's always sort of last minute with those. All right. Well, let's wrap up this drop podcast. It's a beautiful day here in the A. Let's get outside and enjoy it. But before we go, Tass, my man, has some rapid-fire questions. Well, oh, first, I'm going to count down my top five quarters that you should watch <laughs> this weekend. First up, the second quarter of Hawks Heat tonight. Second okay. quarter, never the second quarter. You never know. Second man. quarter is almost always the worst quarter. Okay, you're it takes right. Long, it's long. Of the four quarters, yeah. it's the worst yeah, quarter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, rapid-fire fun. First one, on Thursday's show, we decided that it's probably a good idea for athletes of all disciplines to consume bananas during competition, but when's a bad time to eat a banana? JD. Mm. Well, I mean, bananas are great, and I've seen, I've actually seen a Peloton instructor during a long ride have bananas on the set with him and consume a banana during a ride. So <laughs> you are not wrong. Like Every athlete, uh, yes, should enjoy a banana. Well, one time not to enjoy a banana as an appetizer in general. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want any banana, any sort of banana, you know, uh, hors d'oeuvres served to me at all mm. or just eating a banana like if i have a banana is that a thing I, no i don't think so i think that's why no. we never see it because they're sweet and too filling and if i'm if i have a banana with my lunch for example if i eat it first i'm probably not getting to whatever the next thing is right because it's just too filling mm. so yeah as an appetizer or with anything else you know what i mean mm. uh yeah i get you but uh, some Brazilian restaurants they serve it, you know, with the main course. It's just a round. Sure. I don't, I fr like a fried banana. It's a sweet. It's a sweet little. Yeah. Pop, pop in the mouth. I like it. Can't lie. It just tastes good. I mean, it is. It's just there. It's just like a rare treat. But anyways. Yeah. It's a saying. hard question, Tass. Let's be honest. It was either that or near a monkey. That's what we suggested <laughs> to me this morning. <laughs> well, let's hear Lee's answer. Well, yeah, yeah, I do actually have, I think, a pretty good answer. Uh, the, the worst time to eat a banana is after you've eaten 12 in one day because yeah, you really just don't feel like another banana <laughs> after that. Uh, you didn't eat those. You had sex with those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't. I, did, I was banana hungover after that day. Uh, I didn't eat a banana for... At least two days, and uh, when I had to uh, go and do my business the following morning, it was very bananary, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> quite incredible, <Wow>. really. <laughs> and you wouldn't have a banana after that, I'm sure, for a while. No, I, I didn't eat one for two days after that, but uh, now I'm back, I'm fine. You know, it's like a hangover, you know, you always, ah, oh, that's it, I'm never drinking again. Then two days later, you're feeling better, and you're out, and you're drunk and hungover, and 
the cycle just repeats. <laughs> All right, skeets. People are so confused in the stream team about that photo. If you just throw that photo up with like no like context, it is an incredible photo. <laughs> Lee dressed as a fucking weird banana man. Like looking at hungover, exhausted. With a, with a, just it, a it, bunch it looks of, like he just fucked twelve bananas. I'm like, telling that's you, what it, it looks. It really like. does. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's and he's got all those left in the the glass bowl to yeah. go. Still. <laughs> what a photo! Yeah. Australian uh, banana, American Pie remake, Australian banana. Yeah, my answer. Uh, I was gonna go the zoo angle, like you said, uh, Jay. You know, around monkeys, I guess. Maybe you're getting snatched out of your hand. But mm-hmm. I changed it. In front of my dog, Luna. Mm. She loves a banana, Lee. You'll be happy to know that. And uh, just when I am, you know, peeling one and going to eat it there in the kitchen, just like staring at me, just hoping, hoping she's going to get a little piece of that. Um, so it's just like awkward. You know, I don't love dogs that are like, Especially when you're eating a meal, I you know you don't teach them not to like be there like begging for food. Mm. It's, you know, especially for sure. it's not a good look. Come on, but uh, you know so sweet too. You're just like oh, okay, I'll give you this piece. Of it. <laughs> All right, yeah. Listen, it was a tough question. <laughs> a I think question. you guys, I think you guys came through. What about a bad time is after another banana? Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've almost yeah. I'll never eat two bananas in a row. No, God no. Never. I mean, Lee will fuck twelve and. <laughs> eat, a, eat another dozen, but uh, he's an honorogy, man. That's <laughs> to do it. <laughs> uh, all right, you've got to be a big man to eat two bananas, and that leads us to our next question. Former Mavericks draft pick Satnam Singh debuted in the wrestling ring last week. The seven foot two Indian baller has apparently stopped balling, but he seems to have a future in the AEW. Because I read he looked good when he attacked Samoa Joe. (laughs) He attacks former WWE Samoa Joe. Is that right? right. Yeah. Bouncing around. Anyways, name a former NBA draft pick who didn't make it in the league but could make it in the squared circle. JD. Tass, you made me get my Google on for this one. (laughs) Yes, sir. I really didn't know where to go with this, but uh, I'm going with uh, Darko Milicic. Mm. Uh, oh, wow. Good one. Good one. You know, yeah. the, widely considered a bit of a bust, um, but an NBA champion. Yes. So uh, there's that. He has that in his pedigree. But also, after he left the league, I read, he got into kickboxing. Yeah. So he's got some some experience in the ring, but his... His uh, his record is zero and one. He lost the one fight that he uh, he was in, and then I guess he retired, and now he's like a farmer. Uh, but I think uh, you know, in the wrestling, the staged wrestling world, I think he could do very well. And he's cool name, like Dark. Yeah, I was gonna he's say, yeah, amazing. and he could like really lean into being a champion, even though he didn't do really anything. But like, yeah. pretend he could be a great heel. Yeah, that's a good one. Totally. He's a big yeah. dude too. He's huge. Yeah, and apparently Satnam Singh, very athletic at seven foot two. Darko, very very similar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. athletic, good one. JD, way to way to dig. Uh, Lee, you got one? Yeah. Um, just before we do that, uh, was uh, were you with me in Vegas when we saw Satnam Singh there at the tables there, Tass? We saw him. Pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe not. Mm. I remember seeing I remember. Anthony Bet it was Simbula. Nah, that was at the tables. He was walking through the uh, uh, the sort of lobby area there of the um, Cosmo. Because uh, no, I, I thought it was you who saw... Because I said, that's someone I couldn't quite see. And you said, that's Satnam Singh. 
I'm just wondering if that was the same year we saw uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> oh, God. At eggs. Don't say Flat. it. Let Taff say it. Let Taff say it. Tell the story about the time we saw Spencer Dinwiddie buying a breakfast sandwich. He's got to slip it in every every show. At least once a week, we've got to slip oh, it in. It's like, the, it's like the epitome of cool story, bro, too. It's so good. Saw a guy ordering an egg sandwich. Uh, Anyway, my answer is uh, former Raptor. Uh, I can't remember where he was drafted. I think at number seven or eight uh, out of Brazil. Rafael Arujo. There's the bus. Yeah. Pete Babcock. Wasn't he a Pete Babcock, uh, you know? Draft pick? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Over Iguodala. Yeah, what a bust he was. But uh, great name. (laughs) Great name. I guess he was a big guy. He was, what, 6'10", something like that? Huge. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, wow. And they traded him for Chris Humphreys, I remember. It was like, wow, Chris Humphreys turned out to be a better player than Arujo was for the Raptors, incredibly. So, yeah, I think he could be a wrestler. He's got the villainous sort of appearance. I don't know. Did he have tattoos all over him? Is that that guy? Yeah, I was just going to look. I think he he had like a... A very gentle, uh, which goes against your your rough appearance. I think he had a dolphin tattoo. Big, <laughs> big dolphin. Something. It was some, some gentle animal on his oh, wow. on his arm. I think it was <laughs> gentle. Yeah, dolphins are gentle, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Sure. Uh, okay. All right. So your answer is uh, Hoffa. Mm. Skeets. I'm cheating here because it's not really a bust, but I think he'd be a great wrestler. Jason Maxiel. He played oh. 10 years. That surprised me. Wow. All-star bust. All-star yeah, bust. All-star mm. bust. That's right. He did, never lived up to the potential <laughs> that I had for Jason Maxiel. Uh, 26th overall pick in the 05 draft, though. But I say him for two reasons. One, remember he, uh, he was playing overseas, and he like chased like a Chinese That's player right. like the yeah. entire length of the floor because he got like a little cheap shot, and he wanted to kill him. And I think it was Beasley, was of it? all people. Uh, Michael Beasley that, that like like cooled him down like you're gonna kill the guy uh so don't do that and then his whole thing if you remember was jason maxiel eats babies but i think would be a great sign at a wrestling event uh and you could lean into that that heel angle big dude tough guy go check his blocks like his highlights oh my god he had some unbelievable stuff uh so i'll go him even though he's not a bust i mean again he had a decent career all right, that's a good one, though. Yeah, he had a mean streak in him, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one here. On this week's No Buffs, JD casually used the word sus. It was seamless. It was exquisite. What's <laughs> some slang you've been utilizing? JD, I got to ask you for another one. Okay. Well, I I don't recall using the word sus yesterday. Absolutely. Did I? Yeah. Did. yeah. I live with teenagers, so... <laughs> <laughs> they and they would wince if they heard me say sus these days because that's like way out of fashion and really I don't really have anything um Lincoln always says bussin about something as if that's something really good. I don't know if that's actually a thing. And I've tried it on a couple of times and it doesn't <laughs> I don't like it. Um but I, I guess that's it. But I think sus is the pinnacle of my uh hip and coolness because i actually used whack yesterday <laughs> with the like it just came out of my mouth and um, <laughs> the kids were like what the fuck are you saying dad so yeah it's so whack, it's man. i, I gotta stick back. with sus okay that's a good one apparently i looked up sus yesterday 
And apparently it was used in the 1800s. Like it has been used for like 200 years uh, in England. So maybe while, as we were talking about yesterday, you're having your digestives, your digestive cookies and drinking tea, uh, your parents were saying sus to you, maybe. Perhaps, perhaps. All right. Lee, give us some slang. Well, this season a lot I've been using just so-and-so's in his bag. You know, his bag's deep. He's got a deep bag. I've been tweeting Jason Tatum fully in his bag. I mean, you know, it's what the kids are saying. Is it? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and not now. No? <laughs> not after I like the amount it. of times like you've it. said it over the last couple of weeks. I like it when someone's in his bag. I mean, uh, Mark Jones uses it all the time. Yeah, you know? so, they say it on the broadcast. Yeah, maybe it's a cool it. old guys thing, you know? Maybe that's what it is. Not the young kids use it. Maybe the young kids want to start learning from us old cool dudes. <laughs> His bag has a bag. Yeah. That's what Mark that's right. Jones says. Yeah. Uh, Skeets, slang it up. Well, if they're learning from us old dudes, let me give you a new one. This is the new slang. I came up with it sort of by accident. Uh, It's, well, we can't decide if it's the opposite or it's sort of the same lines of the vibes are immaculate. The vibes are ejaculate, people. (laughs) (laughs) All right? Again, good or bad? You tell us. Uh, If you're a banana man, maybe bad, and you're tired. The vibes are ejaculate. Or maybe it's good, but that's the new slang all the kids are saying. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, make sure. The vibes are ejaculate if you're dry humping an ottoman. uh, (laughs) All together with the Pretty Ricky Late Night Special. So there you go. That's Rapid Fire. That's the drop. Was it a classic? Let's hope so. You tell us, though. Leave us five-star ratings and reviews if you do believe it's a classic. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks here on YouTube. Keep sending in your questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us across all the social media channels. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at No Dunks Inc. Look at us. Look how hip we are. We got a TikTok account. That I don't even know how to log into. Uh, somebody, what? Really, Trey helping us out with that one, and I guess uh, our guy Graphic Mark uh, also helping out. Grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com/slash/no-dunks. Dollar a month deal, I believe, is still popping. If you don't mm-hmm. have an athletic subscription, go there. If you want to listen to these shows ad-free, you can do that through the Athletic app uh, by getting yourself a subscription. And yeah, get yourself the brand new No Dunks merch. People wanted it. And we delivered. Breaking tea coming through. These are the classics. You know, back to the TBJ days. The starters days there. And you can get, right now, for a good week, we're going to leave this promotion up. If you want all three of these t-shirts, and why wouldn't you, you can get it for the price of two. You got to use that code NODUNKS3 uh, at checkout. So uh, take advantage of that. But if you just want one, you know, pick and choose whatever you want there. Go to NODUNKS.com. Yes, Lee, I'll be putting in our order for those t-shirts uh ASAP. Mm. What, what size are you? What's I mean, I don't know your banana size costume either. Yeah. I, think about it. <laughs> I think I'm a medium. I think I'm just a medium across all forms these days. You're medium. I think wow. so. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Respect. You're down. Yeah, you're for an old guy. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. Uh, so yeah, go to nodunks.com. Get your uh, new No Dunks merch over there. Okay, thank you to everybody here in the stream team for joining us live. Again, maybe some uh, weekend shifts here on YouTube where we react to some of the big games big news that happen over the next couple days so keep an eye out for that make sure you subscribe to no dunks till then clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember the term aspirational recycling 
is when you throw something in the recycling bin that you you hope you kind of you you wishfully think is recyclable but isn't recyclable <laughs> so don't do it you know it doesn't help it doesn't help the trucks doesn't help the processes uh yeah you got to look at the stupid thing and make sure that it's recyclable before you recycle it cool story it's a good bro. tip on earth day here Tess. yeah it's it is a stuff. great tip oh yeah it's earth day earth yeah. weekend every day's earth day for tess that's yeah, true. Dog. It's true. Embrace your earth, people. You could stay ooh, every day, and I'd be happy every minute.